podcast, a ministry in which we strive to encourage the women of our body here at First Baptist Church in Canyon, Texas, to be rooted and built up in Christ. I'm Julie Solomon, and today I am joined by a member of our church, April Well. She's a dear sister and friend um, of our church, and we're going to be talking with her about um, how she's doing right now in a particular season of her life that she and her family have been experiencing. But first, let me give you a little bit of background about where we've been um, in our current podcast series, because we have been on this journey to celebrate the value of women in God's design of the family and the church. And we've been talking about how God has used women since creation to carry out his mission of redemption through Christ. Um, we've looked at lots of different women throughout scripture through the lens of their sin, their suffering, and their identity as saints. And we've just been seeing how God has used every part of their story, the good, the bad, everything in between, even some of the things that uh, felt like the stories were out of place. We have, um, through this series, we've found how God has accomplished his work and displayed his glory, even through some of the most obscure women and people in history. So most recently, we released an episode, um, Molly and Kathy and Amy released an episode on Hannah and Abigail. It was so good. Um, I really enjoyed listening to it. And I've always really loved the story of Hannah, but I learned so much more about Abigail listening to that podcast. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, you can go back um, and and listen to that one. I think it's it may be um, two behind this one that we are releasing now. Um, so as we were studying these women though, and just the different trials and the circumstances that they faced, we, um, we started making note of different themes that were repeated in scripture. Themes like persistence in prayer, um, themes like clinging to God's character when, um, when everything else feels very uncertain, uh, themes about God's promises, about his holiness and his faithfulness to walk with us through trials. And so that brings us to today, um, this episode where we're going to hear from April Wells she has been through a really difficult season over the last many months, she and her family. And so, April, welcome to our podcast today. Um, we're so glad that you're taking some time out of your life when I know that life is just difficult right now. And so would you just start off, just introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about you. Yes. Well, thank you for having me, Julie, on the podcast today. Um, my name is April Wells, and I am wife to Scott, and I am mom to four children, Heather Hughes and Luke Wells and Jackson Wells. And I have three wonderful son and daughter-in-laws. I have Mark Hughes and Jory Wells and Madison Wells. And we have um, a 15-year-old son named John, who's a sophomore at Kenyon High School right now. And I also have 
nine precious grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So, and we have been, let's see, I, I was raised in this church and, um, uh, became a believer, I believe at the age of around 17. And then when I graduated high school, I moved to Plano and I met Scott by God's design. And, um, then after Heather was born, we moved back to Canyon and we joined FBC Canyon. We were married by brother Jim Hancock mm-hmm. at the time. And we moved back in 1986 and, um, joined the church and we've been there ever since. Wow. There's, I mean, the Wells family to know them is to love them. They're such a blessing to our church family. They are serving and members of just about every um, part of our church. We're um, so blessed by them. Um, April, tell us, you know, I've referred to the fact that this has been a hard season for you. um, And I'm sure that many of our listeners may know a little bit about what you've been through this last year. But tell us, Tell us a little bit more, and for those who don't know, what has occurred with you and what led us up to where we are today. Well, I'm going to try to be brief with this, but I have struggled with lower back trouble probably my entire adult life, just here and there and everywhere. And it has been, you know, somewhat debilitating at times, but um, really, I guess during um the year of covid when we were all um locked in our homes living in fear you know and um not able to get out and about well i ended up just going stir crazy i mean i i walked stress off so i got out and started walking again um because that's what i do yeah <laughs> in about april or may and i just walked and walked and walked next level and ended up with plantar fasciitis in both of my feet and um had the injections and I was left with some nerve uh issues in each of my legs just kind of from the knee down and I thought they were connected to my feet but tests showed that I didn't have any issues so I was like oh well I guess it's just something I'm gonna live with and then um And after the winter of uh, 20 and into 21, we, Scott and I decided we were going to get, get in shape and get healthy. Our son Jackson was to be married in, in June. And so we started, we cut out sugar and we started walking and, um, I started to notice some pains that felt differently when I was walking And then, um, shortly after the wedding, I started to have some real issues with my walking. I, I, I went ahead and tried to trudge through it, but I think August was the last time I got to walk at all. And I finally went to the doctor and he, he said, well, it looks like you've got a, a bulging disc in your low back, but you know, you're one of the healthiest women your age that I know. So I'm just going to give you this steroid pack. And then I want you to start, you know, like I, whatever the routine, um, spiel I got, start lifting weights, yeah. <laughs> things I never did, but, mm-hmm. 
little physical anyway, therapy yeah. physical therapy yep. so I, I took the steroid pack and then the day I finished the steroid pack well Scott and John and I came down with COVID so um that was not ideal coming off of a steroid pack to come down with a virus but that's how the Lord um dealt it so I had a pretty rough time with that and then recovery um I, I feel silly saying pretty rough after what y'all went through with COVID, but <laughs> it just took me a minute to get over it. Absolutely. And then um, I uh, did not walk again after that. I was, the, my back issue became more and more uh, debilitating. And um, so I'd have to lay down like, you know, here and there for an hour or more during the day, just to rest it. And then I could get up and I could go a little more. And it became such a problem that I, I believe in November, I went to the high school musical and um, saw Little Mermaid. And that was probably the last long sit <laughs> that yeah. I had or have had and um, went to the doctor and ended up having an MRI that showed that I had a cyst on cyst or cyst in my lower spine in the sacral region. And um, I ended up getting a copy of the MRI report and I saw that they were called, um, the cyst they were called Tarloff cyst. And I thought, well, and which I've never requested a copy of an MRI, but, and I've had them before, but um, I did get a copy, saw the name, Google it, because I thought if it had a name, I should probably look it up right. <laughs> and see what it was, <laughs> and um, found that it was a, a rare disorder that um, some people just have that involves the, um, you have these nerves that come out at every vertebra, and so in a Tarloff cyst, it's just where the nerve is damaged at the root and it becomes weak like an aneurysm would like a vessel with an aneurysm and it fills up with spinal fluid so it's actually not a cyst because it is in the the nerve root right. and so I had a a large one <clears throat> at that time I knew I had a large one in my sacral area and then I had one in my um, spinal column as well so I also through my Google research, I found um, that there were only 10 doctors in the world that did surgery on these type of cysts. And there were two in the United States and one happened to be in Dallas. So I was so grateful that the Lord had placed one in Dallas, <clears throat> excuse me, in Dallas, Texas, because it was large and it was impinging a lot of nerves around it and he just wanted me to have this simple little test that <laughs> I thought would be so easy to get scheduled and then I would have on my way to surgery you know by March I thought at the latest but I had one hurdle after another after that I had a little heart problem to get um, checked out you know if I was going to have surgery I need to get that checked out and then then I fell in March and that was a great setback and um, actually broke my sacrum. So I had to wait for that to heal. 
and um, hit my head. And then it was just a long wait. And so I finally found myself um, in August with a surgery date after all that time. And during this time, I had been pretty much bedridden by that point. Um, I would spend about 21 hours a day laying down because he can't sit or stand because these cysts do not like gravity. <laughs> so you just can't, you can't be upright. Now I am post-op three months and um, I am fixed, but don't feel fixed because nerves take a very long time to heal. Yeah. One to two years is what my doctor said. And so I may or may not have any recovery of the nerve actually until a full two-year period. So I could be in this position for two years. Right. So that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> so what does a day look like for you right now? How, how do you spend most okay. of your day? So physically, I get up um, at seven every morning because that's when I take my medicine. <laughs> And I only have, I set a timer for 30 minutes on my phone and I go in there and I make breakfast or, well, actually I was making breakfast, but Scott's trying to help and cut me some time out. So I make John's lunch for school because I want to, not because he's not able, but because yeah. I want to. I and, <laughs> and, um, then I just do any little odds and ends I can do right there briefly make the bed take my medicine and I get back to bed within that 30 minutes or I'm gonna pay for it like I I can only be in my on my feet for up to an hour and a half total time a day or I I really have to pay for it later but so when I get when I get situated back in bed I have been trying to fill my head with um worship music for a while to get my heart ready to worship and I'm reading through the Bible recap program this year so I try to get my heart ready before I go to the word and I'm not able to read anything from my Bible so I just do it all from my phone screen so I just have my phone screen sitting in front of me always and just let it read to me and I read along with it. But that is what I, I spend a lot of time talking on my phone and answering some text as I can. I have to answer the text more when I get up, mostly for a bathroom break here and there, but um, I voice text everyone. So use your context clues. And <laughs> it's just, I, that's how I get through the day is I just have to, um, I have some precious friends who, and family members who help, help me pray myself to a right thing. I pray mm. the Lord would give me a right thinking mind yeah. first off every morning. And because the enemy is often so quick to jump <laughs> and I can't, I can't let myself get in that tailspin because it's hard to get up out of it. So, yeah. well, and we're start. I mean, this is just a little bit of experience that I've had, but I, I do know that when my body is weak, my mind 
also it it's it's extra difficult to keep your mind in a healthy place when your body is also healing and so yes. it i mean it it takes it takes double the work to keep your mind focused on what is true and what is right um yes so you know looking back i mean you could have never imagined or predicted that this would be the story, but can you see ways that God had prepared you um, in the past, maybe ways that he had prepared you for this time of suffering? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I was, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time just thinking because that's all, that's what I have to do here is sure. probably too much thinking, but the year that Scott and I, I can't recall the year, Julie, but Scott and I were really longing for some extra community because we were teaching in the Sunday school in the children's department. And so we'd really been kind of out of adult fellowship. And so I approached Jill Jackson and I asked her if y'all were still meeting as a community group. So we ended up joining your community group. And that was just such a blessing because we were going through some especially difficult times back then and um some other ones in the group were as well the years that we were together and it was wonderful to learn how to just bear one another's burdens and pray for one another and we had accountability and we had godly counsel and wisdom in our group and just wonderful teaching during that time, which I learned so much about the sovereignty of God yeah. um, during that time through teaching from R.C. Sproul and then just listening to J.B. and Gary and Matt, just the discussions we had were just rich. And um, then later Drew approached Scott and myself in 2018 and asked if we would consider leading a community group of our own. And I was just hills dug in, didn't want to leave my community group and didn't think I was capable of hosting anything like that in my own home. So I kind of fought back against the, the leading of the Lord, but I finally, Drew set me a right and I <laughs> told Scott who was already willing that I would be, um, that I knew we should do this. So we did it and it was, it was such a blessing and just the Lord has yeah. just given us such wonderful people surrounded us. Plus the teachings through Peter yes, and right before COVID was just wonderful. And then, um, Steve's preaching through James and I mean, the list just goes on. Well, yeah. I think about those, the, there were, I don't know, a couple of years right before COVID where we, we studied the book of Job. We studied, mm -hmm. we were studying the oh, Job. God together <laughs> in small group. And then we studied the book of first Peter together as a church. And I did feel like, um, you know, once, once we were in the throes of just, I felt like we just didn't know what was up and what was down. Everything was so confusing during um, the years that we were in COVID, but also while, while my husband was sick. Um, but I could see that 
exactly what you're what you're describing that God had so um, lovingly prepared us and um, just laid such a foundation of trust and faithfulness in in who he in who he is. Um, I would just like to say that during that time, uh, another way that the Lord really prepared me was through you and Gary, what you were going through. And I had watched you as you dealt with cancer the several times in the way you suffered. And then when Gary was in the hospital, I thought continually and still do, Julie, I look back to that. And I, I went back actually, once I became bedridden and I looked up those old posts that you had put on Facebook, I would just live for those posts and to see how things were going and how y'all were doing. And I actually read those and they were very encouraging to me as I was starting to deal with not knowing what the future looked like. And so I'm just so grateful. And then other members, I've watched Annette suffer well, and I've watched um, Susan Turney, you know, I haven't, I haven't been with her, but I've, you know, just heard, and I know she suffers and, and many church members, we've had so many that suffer. It's such a good example of how God uses the body of Christ. We, we, we say that he uses the body of Christ in our life and we want that, but, but truly just living in community with one another. Um, he's given us so many tools and he's given us spirit. Um, and yet the body of Christ is just one of his most kind and uh, loving blessings to us because we're not in it alone. And, and it does feel sometimes like we have um, just spiritual mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters showing us the way, you know, as we go. Um, I was talking to Mr. Civil one day and I told him, uh, during the years when he was caring for Sherry, I said, you're teaching me how to, how to care for my spouse when he needs to be cared for someday. And then just not very much longer, my husband needed me to care for him in a way that I never imagined. And I I felt like I had just like the Lord had just showed that to me about the civils and, um, Anyway, I, I, I agree with you that just our brothers and sisters around us are are enough, but God has given us so yeah. much more. So, April, we know that, um, that one of the things that we're called to do is to suffer with Christ. We know as believers that that is a part of our calling in him. And on this podcast, one of the things that we have spent a good deal of time talking about is um, finding our identity in Christ and um, trusting the truth about what God says about himself and about um, about what he says about us. Um, and so that brings me to my next question, just to know, you know, looking back, what, what truths about God has the Holy Spirit taught you during this time? And, um, and has the Lord changed anything in you through the journey? The, the truths about God that the Holy Spirit has taught me, um, are just how kind and loving and faithful our heavenly father is and just how merciful he is 
I've really been directed so completely during this time. I, I Looking back, the Lord had been so kind as to convict me over just how great my sin of pride, which manifests itself in so many different ways. It's like one big tumor that has all these fingerlings in various ways in our lives. And I had been so convicted over the sin of pride and it just hung over my head. And I think the Lord was just really breaking me over this period of time. But it led me to such a place where I felt so disgusted with pride. He led me to the prayer of whatever it takes, Lord, I want you to yeah. get this out of me yeah. once for all. And in all of that, my my sins, my struggles have been in the way of pride are vanity through insecurities and other ways and um, control issues. Just so many things that I just was so sick of in my life. And so the Holy Spirit prompted me to pray that prayer and I prayed it mm-hmm. for a good couple of years. And then I find myself in the midst of all this trial that at the beginning I was so kind of confused about. I don't know why, but confused about, and I felt very anxious and afraid, and um, my control issues were really causing me great anxiety because my life had just spun out of complete control. I didn't know what the future looked like. I didn't know. I knew that I wasn't, I was being stripped. It felt like of everything that I absolutely love to do in the world. Yeah. And, um, but in that, the spirit led me to Christ and showing me just how sweet he is, just gave me grace upon grace, just every day helping me as I just, um, talking to Scott, we've talked about how I've just wrestled with God, like Jacob, I'm so stubborn and I have really struggled. I'm ashamed to say that I'm not prideful, but just struggled with wanting my own will and wanting control over my life. And, and by his hand told me he had laid me down on this bed. It was by his hand that I was laid on this bed In all of that, all the struggling, I just have learned about how faithful and kind and true. I am so thankful that I am not in control, that he is in control and he's decreed everything that he's willed for my life and I can I can look to the future with hope because of Christ and what he did for me on that cross and I'm so beyond grateful for the suffering that Christ went through yeah on the cross on my behalf so that I could be where I am now even if I'm just laying on a bed and I've struggled with feeling like, what is my purpose in the church now, Lord? Like, how can I even be useful? But he's been so good to encourage me even still. But he's faithful in his word. His word has just given me such hope. And and I don't want to lay here any longer than yeah. one more day, but I will yeah. by the Holy Spirit's help. So. Tell us some specific um, scripture passages or, or music or books. What, what really encourages you right now and what's bringing you comfort? As I mentioned, I have been going through the Bible recap 
um, read through the Bible in a year. And I've really enjoyed doing that with the women's Bible readers, ladies Bible readers group. He has just used that to really sustain me. Um, Steve's preaching expositorily. I mean, all the 10 years that he's been here and our pastor's just going verse by verse through things. It's just been so wonderful. And I have relied on precious hymns and like, holy, holy, holy was my sustaining hymn through my time with COVID where it looks so bleak and dark. And um, I have, oh, great is thy faithfulness and um, how great thou art. We sang those and holy, holy, holy yeah. <laughs> in church this morning. So thank you, Gary. And <laughs> that was just a blessing to my soul. And come sinners, poor and needy. Um, Philippians 4, where it says rejoice. Use some of these scripture passage passages to get through each day. And the, the one I've leaned on heavily most, Julie, is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, oh, good, and my mind is going blank. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And literally, I have talked myself down off a ledge many days just reciting that verse over and over because I have been a very independent woman and claiming all the while dependence on the Lord. But the Lord is making me a very dependent woman. weak in every way yeah to depend on him you know um i don't know if you've ever read the hiding place uh story about Corey ten boom lots of us have read that when we were young but one of the parts of her story that always uh, really stuck out to me was that they would hide pages of their bible in their shoes And and literally walk around standing on the promises and the words of God that that sustained them during the Holocaust. And I, I can say that in times of suffering, God's word does become like food for your soul. I, I I've used scripture to get from my bed to the couch or (laughs) from the couch to the bed or to another chair and just praying and trusting God to get me from one minute to another minute. And um, those are the kinds of moments with God that really only suffering brings. Um, we, We fight so hard against anything that makes us uncomfortable but the truth is that it's the way that god it's the way that he works out um his spirit in our lives and makes us more like him and more able to communion with to commune with him and have relationship with him um it's painful and it's ugly sometimes you know i think about the things that come out of me when I'm in pain, the things that come out of me when I'm in times of distress, but praise God that they're coming out of me and not staying and not staying in and 
becoming part of who I am and contributing to a bitter, sinful person. Um, And so I think, you know, sometimes one of the things that we are most afraid of is what we see coming out of us when we are in suffering, because we hate it. We don't want to see that. We don't want to be that person. We don't want to be pitiful. We don't want to be prideful. We don't want to be whatever. I think um, it's far better for those things to be coming out and, and brought into the light so that God can have them than to keep them stored up and uh, ruling us. So tell me a little bit about how God has used the body of Christ. We've talked about this already some, um, but, but what else has God done to use the body of Christ in your life while you've been suffering? The biggest way he has blessed me with such a wonderful husband who has just taken care of me day by day with such joy. He just waits on me hand and foot with just such a smile on his face. No complaints. I've never, never seen any displeasure. He's just serves me with such love and just as Christ serves the church. So he is, he's number one and I could not make it without all of you at church. I mean, every single prayer offered up on my behalf, the calls, the meals, the texts, the encouragement. Someone, a dear friend, Pam Lammer, bought me a book on suffering by Paul David Tripp, and it was wonderful. There have just been so many ways that the body of Christ is my community group. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they're, they're precious people. They have literally got me through many difficult, dark days. And you know, so... I, I think being the recipient of great love like that, it, it always makes me, it, it reveals my own silliness a little bit on like, sometimes I feel like I should, I can't do anything because it feels like whatever I can, I have to offer is too small. Mm-hmm. But once you've been on the receiving end of that, you realize there is no act that's too small. Yes, every little, absolutely, everything that people do, uh, it, it, it matters and it means something. So April, what can we do? What more can we do as a church? Um, I know, especially, um, women and the women who are going to be listening to this podcast, they're going to want to know what we can do to help and how we can continue to pray because you are not, you're not out of this. You've still, you're still weathering the storm and, um, we don't, we don't know. There's not really a, a timetable here. So tell us what we can do. Prayer is just everything to me. And, um, some of my prayer concerns would be that I would um, learn, continue to learn to trust the Lord completely for my recovery and that I would treasure Christ more than my recovery. Cause you know, I can say that with my mouth, but I want to, I want it to be truth in my heart because I get selfish, you know, sure in my heart and I want to be recovered and I want to be back to keeping my grandkids and all the, all the earthly things. But 
I want to treasure Christ more than anything. So that has to be more than recovery. Yeah. And, um, if, and just pray for my family. I, it gets difficult. We have difficult days here in our home and it's hard on my family. I can't help with grandkids or anything like that. And my mom, you know, I can't help my mom and, and I used to help her a lot. Right. And, and they've been, my family has just been precious to me during this. They, they don't let me think that I'm falling short in any of these ways, but I just want the church to, and I know y'all do lift them up, but just continue yeah. to lift them up in this time because it is difficult. It's difficult and we don't know how long it's going to last. Right. Of course. The truth is that it's all part of how God is at work within our church. And April, he's using you and your suffering to um to teach us about him and to reveal more about who he is and um and so thank you for just for being honest and vulnerable and letting us talk to you during this time because I know it can't be easy or comfortable um but but we do love you so much well I love you all very much and I appreciate and I'm so grateful for every prayer there's nothing that brightens my day more even than just to receive a card or a text that says someone's praying because I think, oh, it's valuable. I mean, those are precious words. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and we know that that God promises to be near the brokenhearted and we are relying on him to to heal you and to bring you back to health and, and in relationship with us. I just am so thankful for every one of you. I'm thankful for all the teaching, preaching, encouragement, all of it. I just, I love y'all and I, I can't wait to be back worshiping side by side. Someday I'm going <laughs> to be standing shoulder to shoulder one of these days. But Yes, you will. I believe it. Well, April, thank you just one more time for sharing your life and your story with us today. You've definitely pointed us toward Jesus, and I know that's your goal. For those of you who are listening, I hope you've been encouraged by April's story. Um, and I just want to leave us with this verse from Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Until next time, thank you for listening.